For Friday, July 30, 2010, this is the New York Times Audio Digest, presented by Audible. Here's what's on the front page this morning. The Gulf has long been a sink of pollution. The Taliban exploit openings in a neglected province. And the trial for Charles Rangel is looming as the ethics panel details its charges. In today's financial news, fraud charges for brothers worth billions. Obama promotes benefits of the auto industry bailout, and Citigroup will pay $75 million to settle subprime claims. In today's sports headlines, the Mets are taking an intentional pass on possible trades. For Star Border, trying Hollywood may be the next move. There will be more business stories along with more national and world news, roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written by Campbell Robertson from Huma, Louisiana. It's called, Gulf Has Long Been a Sink of Pollution. The BP oil spill has sent millions of barrels of oil gushing into the Gulf of Mexico, focusing international attention on America's third coast and prompting questions about whether it will ever fully recover from the spill. There's a tremendous amount of outrage with the oil spill, and rightfully so, said Felicia Coleman, director of Florida State University's Coastal and Marine Laboratory. But where's the outrage at the thousands and millions of little cuts we've made on a daily basis? The Gulf is one of the most diverse ecosystems in the hemisphere, a stopping point for migratory birds from South America to the Arctic, home to abundant wildlife and natural resources. But like no other American body of water, the Gulf bears the environmental consequences of the country's economic pursuits. There are around 4,000 offshore oil and gas platforms and tens of thousands of miles of pipeline in the central and western Gulf of Mexico, where 90% of the country's offshore drilling takes place. At least half a million barrels of oil and drilling fluids had been spilled offshore before the gusher that began after the April 20th explosion, according to government records. Runoff and waste from cornfields, sewage plants, golf courses, and oil-stained parking lots drain into the Mississippi River from vast swaths of the United States and then flow down to the Gulf, creating a zone of lifeless water the size of Lake Ontario just off the coast of Louisiana. The Gulf's floor is littered with bombs, chemical weapons, and other ordnance dumped in the middle of last century. Even the coast itself is falling apart, the wildlife-rich coastal wetlands of Louisiana, sliced up and drastically engineered for oil and gas exploration, shipping, and flood control, have lost an area larger than Delaware since 1930. All along the coast, people speak of a lack of regulatory commitment and investment in scientific research on the Gulf by state and federal lawmakers. And while billions of dollars would be required to restore the coast, the maintenance of a healthy gulf also demands rigorous regulation. Some of the strongest resistance to tough regulation has come from the gulf states themselves. While the states formed an alliance in 2004 to address the gulf's overall health, the group includes some of the poorest states in the country, and they're concerned that tighter rules could chase away jobs. This has led to a cycle of lax oversight, Members of several national environmental groups said they had found much of the Gulf a hostile fundraising and political atmosphere. They don't have any support in state government, Paul Template, a former secretary of the Louisiana Department of Environmental Quality, said of the groups. 
but without the aggressive watchdog role played by well-financed environmental groups, threats to the Gulf have largely gone unmonitored.